0: This is Lisa Allen, and you are listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast.
1: Hey, friends, welcome back to the Radical Radiance Podcast. My name is Rebecca George. I'm your host, and I could not be more excited about today's episode. We get to sit down with Coach Lisa Allen to talk all about Chapter 6 of Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. We are talking all about quitting today and walking through those seasons when maybe God asks us to lay something down in our calling in order to create more space and capacity elsewhere. And I just really felt that Lisa was the perfect person to bring into this conversation. She has over 20 years of experience as a coach, a speaker, and just speaks into the lives of so many creatives. And I just am so excited for you to learn from her today. I loved our conversation and I think you will too. So help me welcome our friend, Lisa Allen to the show. Lisa, welcome to the show. I feel like this conversation is so long overdue between me and you. And so this feels like a fun reason to bring you in and finally get to sit down and chat. Well, thank you for
0: having me, Rebecca. And I will say I have been so excited because I feel like we could be sisters separated at birth. I know. I think we're so similar and I love that. Me too.
1: Me too. Well, I am so excited to dig into this topic Mm -hmm. and just so excited in general about this series that we're doing. We're going through each individual chapter of do the thing gospel centered Mm -hmm. goals, gumption and grace for the go-getter girl. And I'm just going to be honest. I have recorded, I think this is the 10th of the 12 that I have recorded, And these conversations have just encouraged my heart so much Mm -hmm. as I walk into the release of this book. And it's just been so special to see how God has blessed them. I think one of the reasons is we just are starting with scripture and pulling a couple of the passages that are either mentioned or touched on in this particular chapter of the book. Mm -hmm. We're starting there, and then we're kind of digging into the topic. And so we're going to be talking about chapter six, which is called Mm -hmm. The Invitation to a Finished Work. What do we do with seasons when God asks us to lay something down or to pivot and so I know this has been a challenge in my own life mm-hmm. and I know it's something that as I get to know more of my readers and some early readers of the book they have pointed out that this one was an impactful mm-hmm. topic and when I I also agree we should talk about more and so I'm super excited.
0: Me well you know I have just recently walked through something like this so I'm yes. excited as well and thank you for starting with scripture. And, you know, I love this uh, process, the way that you're doing it. So thank you for that.
1: I'm excited. Well, we are going to start today with the book of Ruth, which many of our listeners will probably be familiar with her story. And we talk about her story at the end of the chapter. Readers will notice that at the end of most of the chapters, I think 11 of the 12, I pick Mm -hmm. out a biblical character and sort of unpack how does their story, God's faithfulness in their story point us back to the truth that we talk about in that chapter. So Ruth is who we talk about at the end of chapter six. Mm -hmm. And I pulled out a couple of verses from Ruth chapter one, verses 16 through 17, and I'll read it for us. It says, but Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you for where you go. I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And so as I think about Ruth's story, I just can't help but think of how she had to have laid down her own selfish desires to be faithful in this instance. And so as we do the same, as God shifts us into different assignments over the course of our lives, how does her life encourage you to make kingdom minded decisions? Mm.
0: Well, I love that she takes it back to God and your God will be my God where you die, I will die. And it's all directed by God first and foremost. And so it all of course goes back to really pondering our realities with God. Mm. And that's where he deposits what he sees coming. One of the things I love, as I imagine God, not being controlled by time or space that he Mm. sits in a future. We can't see, and he pulls back and deposits into each day, what we're capable of absorbing. Mm. And it's kind of like breadcrumbs, if you will, sometimes it's really clear and you see it all and it's amen. I'll obey and do it. But more often than not, um, you don't see the whole picture. And I don't think Ruth saw the whole picture. She just know, knew this is what God's asking. Yeah, And and so I have just recently been faced with something where I knew God was asking me um, to lay down a part of my professional life that was really, I just love, love, loved. But because of things that I had lost my dad, we've got um, care for my mom, I needed so much more flexibility. Uh, but he also was calling me to relaunch my coaching and speaking business. And so but to do it with more flexibility and it just didn't always make sense. And I'll, I'll tell you something that's interesting. I came across a quote because I kept thinking that I'll just get peace about it. I will just have peace. Cause I felt mm. like it was calming Rebecca, Yeah, but I couldn't necessarily be, I felt kind of sad. And, sure. so there, I, and so I was like, well, it must not be God because sadness doesn't feel like peace. ooh and I came across a quote, Dr. Caroline Lee, a quote that says, it's okay to be sad about the right decision. Wow. And it really it gave me the ability to accept and obey. And so sadness doesn't mean it's the wrong direction. That was something. And I wonder about Ruth. I wonder if she was sad, but she knew it was the right decision Wow! and it was the direction God wanted her to go.
1: Wow, that is such a powerful quote. And I'm thinking back in my own life, I share this story in the chapter. God asked me to lay down a part of some ministry work that I was doing for five or six years. And and I think you've, you've read the chapter, so you knew a little bit of the story Yes. and, but for listeners who don't, my mom about 10 years ago went through a cancer journey that praise God we're a decade Mm -hmm. on the other side of. And after that journey, he led me to start a ministry that I had for five or six years. We donated handmade hats and handwritten Mm -hmm. letters of encouragement into cancer treatment centers all over the country. We did work with St. Jude and MD Anderson and some awesome organizations. And it was a beautiful time of ministry. And yet there was a moment when God called me elsewhere and made it extraordinarily clear that I was supposed to focus on writing and speaking. Mm -hmm. And I can remember sitting on the couch with my mom. And it was one of those almost moments where the Holy Spirit prepares you. I I remember thinking, my mom is going to bring up what's going to happen with this ministry and it was within minutes that she looked at me and said, Rebecca, I wonder, is do you feel like God is maybe shifting your priorities? I'd just gotten married and had moved and became a pastor's wife. And and it it, it was almost like the dam broke as soon as she mm. just brought it up, right?
0: Mm. And,
1: I, and, and it felt like a safe thing to talk about. And I just remember her looking at me and saying, Rebecca, I saw you be faithful to what God had for this. It was an awesome season of ministry. And to say it differently than that beautiful quote you just gave, but in a similar way, she said, that doesn't mean you have to do it forever, or that you're called to do it forever. And I think especially with maybe work that God calls us to do, that we would consider, quote, ministry. Mm-hmm. We assume, okay, I'm all in. I'm going to be doing this maybe for the entirety of my career, when sometimes that's just yes. not the case. And so I just love having conversations around how to walk through this without shame and, and yes. guilt. And a lot of the things that we experience that I don't think are from God, right? We can mm-hmm. feel sadness. And I think, yes, I think naming that is so helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. So I love well, that. Well, and I also think when we name it, there's also grief associated with it. Yes. Because we have to be able to Cause if not, it might come out unhealthy. We lay it down, but if we haven't really processed it with God, um, it, it could have come out in an unhealthy way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. So, well, well, yes, I, I love that you brought that up. Sad, that, sadness sadness doesn't direction. mean it's the wrong decision. Direct, yeah. Yes,
0: exactly. Exactly. I love it. And I think at this point, I, you know, as a coach, uh, and I coach a lot of women in ministry is, um, here's something that I've observed in my life. I bet you can relate to this in your life as well. And so many is we get to the point where what we're laying down or what we're saying no to are things that we're qualified for we're good at, and we would enjoy.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so for the longest time in searching for our ministry callings, we've been searching for those things, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden we're having to say no to the very things that, um, that we could easily say yes to, but it's saying no to those things so that we can say yes to God's better thing Mm. for us.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Well, there is a second passage that I wanted to pull out of this chapter and a little bit of context of where we are in the gospels. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. It's just before he walks on water and and we see that he went away to pray to the father. And I'm going to read these couple of verses in Matthew 14. It's verses 22 and 23. Mm -hmm. And it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone. And so in the wake of a season where God might be asking a listener to lay something down or to quit a particular assignment, I just wonder how does Jesus himself getting away from the noise and getting alone with the father, how does that,
0: how does that encourage you? Well, I think sometimes I, I don't know what the noise is. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you kind of know that if you're binging on, you know, films on Netflix that aren't good for you, you know, that's noise, right? Sure. But sometimes the noise is, maybe too many podcasts. I know you and I are both threes, right? So we're go getters on (laughs) the Enneagram, right? We want to, we just want to learn, learn, learn. And sometimes that becomes noise. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's noise. Um, and so I had to learn the difference of really working just with God, which is a no brainer. We have to do that. Um, but the noise even of well-meaning friends, and I know yeah. you have later in your book um, the di- the different kinds of friends that you know, the I've been there, the encouraging cheerleader, the logical improver. And I do think you need some very strategic friends to be the right kind of noise.
1: Yes, yes, I agree. I, and I, I'm so excited to get into that. We're going to get into that in a second because I could so easily identify those people in my own life. and They matter. So we're going to get there in just Agree. a second. Yes. So noise,
0: what is the noise? You know, what is yes. the noise that, that you, and to me, um, there, God spoke in so many different ways, but he also, um, I needed to, to quiet myself. And I, I started when my dad died working with a counselor that helped me a lot. That oh, helped sure. me a lot because You know what, a counselor is like someone that paints your house. They don't have to tell you what color to paint it. They just have to pull out what's in you, right? Okay, if you want your house purple. And so they don't get it, they don't have a vested interest Mm. in telling you what you want to hear. That's right. And therefore, a very neutral person helped me a lot, drown out other noise and really focus on the father and what he was saying to Mm.
1: me. That's so powerful. I love that so much. And as we dig into, this material as well. There's there's a couple terms we use in this chapter mm-hmm. that I think really helped me sort of categorize different forms of when God asks me to lay something down or to move in maybe a new direction to create some capacity elsewhere. And they're the terms macro quitting and micro quitting. So macro quitting, meaning This is a large pivot, a career move like you have talked about, like I described uh, earlier in the episode that drastically changes what our day to day Mm -hmm. looks like. There are moments when God asks us to macro quit something. There are also moments Mm -hmm. when we see a need for efficiency or we see um, maybe an opportunity to lay down a certain task in order to create some capacity elsewhere. So I wonder how have you seen this play out in your own life? Do you relate Mm -hmm. to those, those terms and how, um, I know just many of us experience guilt and shame, particularly around macro quitting, Mm -hmm. I think maybe more than micro quitting. Yes. And so could, I know we've touched on it, but let's dig a little deeper into that.
0: Well, first of all, I love those two terms. I love Thank how you. they complement each other and they're so succinct. I will definitely use them in coaching. I will give you credit for them. Awesome. But they're very, <laughs> very powerful. So the, the macro quitting to me, like you said, it's, um, It's not easier, but it's sometimes clearer because something more stops and that stopping creates a vacuum and a gap. And so for me, when I think about macro quitting, which I just did, um, I, here's what I've learned in so far is new muscles. I'm developing new muscles, um, uh, just entrepreneurially, intellectually, spiritually, you know, when, when you macro quit, you have to create room for some, um, exercises maybe you've never done before, or you haven't done for a long, long time. So get ready to develop some new muscles, new routines, Mm. um, you know, macro means new routines, new confidence, Mm. you know, what you, you know, because your identity is in Christ, but sometimes you don't know where your identity is Mm. until that macro is removed, yeah, and um, so you develop new uh, new routines, but you also have to be patient. And um, one of the things I do as a coach, I, I'm branded as a confidence coach, and one of the um, quotes that I love by Mel Robbins is the definition of confidence is being willing to try. Mm. And so I think that's what I've learned that when you macro quit, you have to be willing to try. Yeah, Um, new things. So micro quitting is different. And I agree with you that it can be um, sometimes you feel guilty because it's also known as boundaries. Yeah, Um, you know, creating boundaries, saying no, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe self care that feels Mm -hmm. selfish, but it's not. Um, But I think about as a coach, one of the things I know is past performance predicts future Behavior, So I always like to say, well, where have I developed this before? And yeah. so when I think about micro quitting, I think about when um, I had a new baby, mm. boy, I had to micro quit a whole lot and in, in order to find a more efficient way um, to do some things mm-hmm. and to put some things on a shelf. Um, and so I, same thing I have aging parents. And with my mom, and I've had to learn to put some things on hold that there'll be a future season for that. But this isn't the season. And more importantly, more importantly, Rebecca, is this is the only season I will have with an 88 year old mother. That's right. So what, and so I always like to use with clients, the analogy of a rubber band is our life is a rubber band Mm. and we can stretch it, but we can only stay stretched for so long until we break. And so we have to figure out what is currently in my rubber band that needs to go out for a while. And what is outside my rubber band that if I don't pay attention to it, I will regret not placing it in. Mm. And so those are the kind of micro quitting decisions that I think yeah. we face every single day whether it's getting a good night's sleep starting to make time to work out yeah. or eat right um uh, you know having your groceries delivered and spending instead of spending the hour at the store what all those kind of things mm-hmm. um they're all those micro quitting decisions
1: Psst. Did you know that my debut book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl is available wherever you like to buy books? I wrote it, well, I wrote it just for you, friends. So if you are ready to see your gifts and talents from a gospel-centered perspective, prioritize goals related to your calling as you move forward with gumption and grace, maximize your passions in the work you do every day, actively partner with God to serve him and love others and overcome negative thought patterns so you can brainstorm, develop and create with the confidence of a go-getter girl. If that sounds like you, then I want you to order today at the link in the show notes below. Each chapter includes prayer prompts, scripture for further study, questions for reflection, action steps to move your goal forward, and accompanying videos for individual or small group discussion. So grab a friend or 12 and let's use God's word as our compass to do the thing. After all, if not now, when? One of my greatest joys is having the opportunity to come share God's word at women's events, retreats, and conferences. I'm booking speaking engagements for this year and next year and would love to chat with you about your church's next event. Shoot me an email at hello at radicalradiance.live to start a conversation today. Yeah, a helpful question I've began to ask myself in these moments is what can only I do. Right. Yes. Yes. Only you has, has God called to be a faithful daughter and care for your mother in this mm-hmm. season. Right. Yes. Only God has called me to be Dustin's wife and support yes. him in his ministry with within the local church. Right. And so yes. there are those sort of core assignments that will never not be in our rubber band. Right. And so I naming those and then realizing, okay, what's the leftover stretch Mm -hmm. and capacity that I do have. Right. right. And I know it's a three, that's always kind of the question I'm asking myself. So, and again, it's
0: okay to live stretched for a season. Yes. But it's not okay to stay stretched. And that's why the, that's why those decisions are so important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I agree. So good. Well, there is another sort of quote that comes to mind when I think of this topic of quitting that Mm. um, stands out to me in the book. And it's when we become efficient at being inefficient at things, Mm. Mm. right? And sometimes we experience those, those moments. Maybe we've done something so long, maybe we've always done it this way, and it feels like it would actually cause more work on us to change our process than to continue a process that isn't really working. Right. So I wonder, have you seen this play out in your own life or in the lives
0: of those you coach? How do we walk Mm -hmm. through this? Well, so I have a phrase for myself. What got you here? Won't get you there. Oh, and yeah. uh, there's so many things that because the and again, the more efficient you lean in your wiring, the harder this is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just churn it out. But I've observed this about myself, and I get to be now the old lady kind of sort of. And so I can kind of say, I've observed this generally. Speaking. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really do have some years and some miles on me. Um, this is so, so good. And I've observed and I'm the, the guiltiest person. So I'm not casting stones, but we are managing adrenaline and we're not living a life Mm, when you go from thing to thing, when you're just churning out productivity, when you're just doing it. And here's what I know when I always have to multitask when I am emptying my dishwasher and talking on the phone when I have two minutes until the meeting starts and I have to cram something into it that me I I rush into everything yeah and so I think that we need to become we need to become uh friends with the word pause. Mm. with the word cease, you know, and, and daydreaming is a lost art. I have a beautiful window sitting next to me with trees and it's spring and everything. And sometimes I have to give myself permission to just pause, because efficiency is um, it's, it's like, God gives us a good gift. He, he's equipped us with strategy, mm-hmm. um, being arrangers, um, being competent, being um, skilled. And then the evil one comes and takes something beautiful. that's intended to be a gift and distorts it yeah. and turns. Uh, um, and so I confess to you, I have the idol of efficiency. I like mm, me too. Uh, when when things go really well and I can just turn out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. but I think it's, I think it's causing our souls to ache.
1: Yes, I do too. I do too. And I think there's, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking of how much we love black and white and how much we don't love gray. Right. Mm, mm. And I think for a good bit of my life, and I wonder if you relate to this, Lisa, I, I didn't love the fact that I was an achiever. Mm, yeah. Right. I felt like I had this this turbo capacity that Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize in the people around me. And I I almost felt guilty for it in some seasons of my life. And I I think the thing the Lord has challenged me with in the last few years is recognizing there's a gift in how God has wired you and me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. also I know what it feels like in my heart, in my soul, when I am stepping into striving. I can recognize yes, that because I've lived yes. long enough to know what it feels like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so not because we're human, realizing we're gonna have those moments, but where am I turning when I do? And how am I how long am I living there? <laughs>
0: right. That's very good. That's very so, good. Yeah. And and taking it back to the Lord and being willing. To give up, like what got you here won't get you there. Lord, yeah. is there something in my life that's fine, that's good, mm. but are you asking for me to do something a different way? Mm. Um, and that's part of reinventing yourself. That's part of those muscles that I talked about. You know, you know, building new muscles that builds our character. Yeah,
1: it does. It does. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned this a few minutes ago, and I'm excited to dig into these people that we mm-hmm. all need as we take these next steps of faith. You named them earlier, and i'll I'll sort of describe them for us now. Mm-hmm. The first one is a been there. So someone who can speak experience mm-hmm. into our situation as we move forward. An encouraging cheerleader, someone who can lift our arms up when we're weary. Mm-hmm. Mm. and a logical improver someone with a critical eye for improvement and has our best interest at heart mm. i have a funny story on logical improvers <laughs> a couple of weeks ago i had a conversation with my husband who i describe in the book as my lo- one of my logical improvers he's also a great en- encouraging cheerleader but mm. it, he was easy to define under this umbrella as well <laughs> and we had a conversation about an idea that he had And you know, when you take an idea to someone that you have thought through and you have this plan of, of attack, and then the person comes back with like any level of feedback and it feels frustrating. (laughs) Yes. Right. So he had, (laughs) he had actually come to me with an idea and my initial just gut was just a piece of like something to think about as he moved forward. But he perceived that as, okay, you're crushing my idea, right? Mm-hmm. And so we came up with this term that we've started using. He said, I feel like it's almost one of those moments where you have this little tender baby bird and you're bringing mm-hmm. me this idea that you or I have have thought through. And, mm-hmm. and we always walk away frustrated if feedback is the first thing that comes, especially with your mm-hmm. spouse, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the most helpful thing you could be for me probably is an encouraging cheerleader. Yes. Right. And so anyway, just today I went to him at at lunch and I said, okay, babe, I have a baby
0: bird for you. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. What a great way to say (laughs) that. First of all, great vocabulary.
1: So anyway, that was uh, that was on my mind this morning because I had that conversation with him and I thought I have to bring that oh, up when no. we get here. And so, how have you seen those personalities oh. at play and and be helpful
0: in your own world? Well, first of all, I love I love a vocabulary that is outside of emotion yes. when we're dealing with relationships. So anytime you cannot say your plan but the baby bird That immediately diffuses. So I'm definitely going to use, I love the baby bird. Um, couple things is I think you have to be ready um to admit to yourself that I need these people, which means we need to normalize the 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 ability to have feedback. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have to normalize it to tell ourselves, I need this, I need these people in my life. Um, I did I've been doing study on um, how our scars protect us mm-hmm. and the way scars heal, um they become what we consider a negative word in the English language, but it's um they become a callus. Yeah. And that callus is is called thick thickening skin. Mm-hmm. And it's how it's how we heal. And we have to develop some thick skin you know, in the right places, so that we have these people to speak into us. So that's the first thing I would say we got to prepare ourselves. Because if you have these people, but you haven't prepared yourself, that you need these people, then it's probably going to be more complicated than it needs to be. Um, I absolutely I love Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors of ice cream, and we need different friends that have different impacts on our lives. And so I immediately, I call my been there friend. I have a friend who's the sit up straighter friend
1: Um,
0: and she is um, 70 plus years old, um, seminary professor, doctorate in ministry. Um, And I, I rarely, uh, when, when I'm in her presence, I just take notes. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm Absolutely. like receiving, receiving, if you are going to put something into me, I'm not going to ask a whole lot of questions. I am just going to yeah. take the notes. Right. Yeah. So she, that's kind of a been there, but we also need been there's for mamas, mm-hmm. you know, that's somebody that's further been there's for marriage, mm-hmm. been there for single been there for divorce, been there. My I'm watching my mom, um, with been there's for widows. Yeah, you know she's never been this way before, yeah. and so those been there. Um, so the encouraging cheerleader, I have my best friend is a combination of the logical improver and the encouraging cheerleader, mm. and um, and so she's the truth teller. Yeah, but because she's deposited so much into my life, then she, she can she can speak truth. And I know that she's doing it for my best, you know, she's not doing it because she just wants an opinion. And sometimes with her and I, her name's Janet. Sometimes with her and I, I'll just start talking and I'll be like, I don't want feedback right now. I am in, I am processing, (laughs) right? right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. We've developed it so much that we know and, or I'll be processing something and she'll pause and say, are you just processing or do you want Any insights? Yep. Nine times out of 10, I'm like, yes, I want your insights. And so again, can you see how establishing relationally with these people, if you can go kind of name it um, in your relationships and have dialogue about it, I think it will enrich those relationships. Mm
1: -hmm. I recently read a quote that said feedback can only go as deep as trust.
0: Oh, that's so true. That's why the bank account account is so important because if that, if that account is empty and then there's feedback, it's overdrawn. Yeah. Yeah. So there has to be both sides. Uh, That's why I love kind of combining both of those two Mm -hmm. and not everybody is wired that way, but I would bet your husband is the logical improver. Like you just said, is you're encouraging cheerleader and the the deeper we get in these intimate relationships, Uh, but make no mistake about it. My been there friend, I don't expect a lot of deposits because she's not, she doesn't have time to deposit a lot. I take whatever I can get. And I know she's, she's like a prophet. Like she speaks into things to me and I just receive and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Well, there's one other thing that I know
0: I have struggled
1: with in my own calling. And I know many women who would probably consider themselves along with us to be go-getter girls. But yes, so there's there's something that I see as a challenge for many go-getter girls, including myself. And that is this idea of feeling multi-passionate, right? We hear that out in the world a lot. And so I just want to first start out and say praise God we are not one dimensional in mm. our pursuits that he has given us gifts and talents to use for his glory that is a gift. And so I wonder as a fellow achiever does this re- does that resonate with you yes. and if so how do you balance mm. wanting to do all the things wanting to be faithful but also realizing we are very finite, we serve an infinite limitless God, but we have very real capacity. So how does that work itself out in your life?
0: Oh, that is, it's a real situation. <laughs> um, and the first, I would, the first thing I would say is that's why we go back to that rubber band that I talked about Yes, and we figure out what are those things that go in first? What are the priorities? Mm-hmm. Because we want to live a life that God has given us the priorities. And I say all the time when I teach on calling with women finding their calling, I will challenge them that your calling, God will cause your calling to, to hold hands with your role mm-hmm. in and your season of life. And so, for example, if and if you're married, if you haven't done it yet, it's coming, you know, like if you're Uh, marriage requires a season of sitting in a counselor's office Yeah, and you'd rather run and write your book or speak or build wells in Africa or, you know, whatever that might be. If you run after your calling and you don't pay attention to your marriage, you're going to have the book or the ministry and you're not going to have the marriage. Yeah. Um, and so it's getting really clear about, and the, the sweet thing is Ecclesiastes three is so real that there's mm. seasons of our life. So that's you're right. not always going to be in the marriage counselor. You know, you're not always going to be rocking babies. You're not always, mm. you know, there's going to be times your kids go to college. Hallelujah. Or they leave. <laughs> <you know>? God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you're like empty nesters and you're, so that's what I'm saying is there, you can do it all, just not all at once. Yeah, And so you have to be able to make sure Stephen Covey would call them the big rocks, you got to put the big things in your rubber band first, and then figure out after those priorities have been established, what is around the edges of your bandwidth. Yeah. And then what comes. Um, And the other thing is. Like I said, at some point we're, we're, you can't say yes to everything and you're getting, once you get some traction and you figure out a little bit more where you're headed, um, you have to start saying no to good things mm-hmm. because it, it, you, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah, And, and so I think that's God's protection too, in giving us all those different priorities, because he knows, especially we achievers, we're going to go, go, go. Yeah,
1: I agree. So good. So there is a question I'm asking every mm. guest that comes on one of these episodes, just related back to the book. If you could give your best piece of advice for the girl mm. listening, who just desperately wants to see her calling mm. from a gospel centered perspective, what would you tell her?
0: Mm. Well, today, <laughs> I'm glad you asked <laughs> this today because it changes every day. Um, this is what I wrote down. Just thinking about this question is I would caution about the words chasing comparing, Mm. churning out and conforming. Mm. I consider these warning words. um, We need to let God build us in obscurity and, and stop, avoid the chase to be relevant, Mm. Be faithful where you are and obedient and think about the saints that have gone before us. You know, the the most relevant things that the saints in the Bible did were done in prisons. Yeah. Um, And so I would say, um, remove the temptation to compare. Mm-hmm. And that's super hard. That is so, yeah. so hard. I don't think it. you ever, um, conquer it. So I yeah. just think you, the, you have to have the self-awareness of where it takes you. Um, and then if, when you do that, I promise you, this is what's going to happen after you remove the temptation to compare, challenge yourself to make room for other women. Mm, um, make room for other women, mention them when they're not around, speak to them to whatever it is, especially if you're in similar callings. That's right. Um, I I have so many friends that have done this for me and I'm, it's shocking. Like I didn't have to say, would you tell someone, you know, yeah. And we get to do that. We could, we get to do that at airports, you That's know, right. you can make room for another woman. You know, you can do it anywhere. You can do it at school. You can mm. do it in your church. Um, and then I would say, stop churning out. Like there's such, such um, a temptation to produce and achieve. And we've talked so much about that, yes. that if you're not careful, you're just churning, you're just churning, you're just churning. Um, and then the word conforming, you know, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. And so I would say even to, there's a temptation to conform even in the Christian world. Absolutely. And, right. And so we just, we have to resist. Yes. That temptation um to compare and confirm.
1: Yes. I tell a story in the book of a moment when I realized I was trying to become a morphed version of my four favorite Bible teachers <laughs> when I would stand on a stage. And my husband called me out on it. He said, I'm just noticing, and, and I I confess, you know, I love man, Priscilla Schreier can just pray the house down and <laughs> maybe. I love the way Annie F. Downs tells a story, right? (laughs) I want to tell a story like her. I want to pray like Priscilla. And he looked at me with tears in his eyes. And he said, I did the same thing when I started preaching. And I cannot wait for the day when you discover the voice that God gave only you, right? And he did it.
0: Isn't don't you love the specificity with which he's that he's filled you. Yes, With Your voice and your style and your sense of humor and your fashion and your, you know, just the way your eyes sparkle. I'm looking at you right now. And there's, there's so much that he's placed in you so much.
1: Wow. And it's, it feels like such a gift and there's such freedom when we operate there. As opposed to what actually holds us back when we try to be a more version of someone else, right? Like because we're not operating at our the capacity God created us for. Yeah, yeah it's a counterfeit, which I I've talked over you, but yeah. So good. So good. Well, there is a question that I end every episode on the Radical Radiance podcast with, and I'm so excited to ask you, Lisa, especially after our conversation, as I was asking God to give me direction on the podcast a couple of years ago, he Mm -hmm. continued bringing me back to this verse in Psalm 34. It's verse five. And it says, those who look to him are radiant and -hmm. their faces shall never be ashamed. And so the question I love asking in this season of your life on this particular day, how would you answer? What about
0: Jesus makes you radiant? Wow. Um, I would have to say, um, the way he, the Holy spirit gives me inner strength. Mm. Um, I feel, feel like makes me radiant. And I, I feel like there's an intuition when people come, um, people that God, brings toward me that they sense that I'm a safe place to lean to against. Mm. And years ago, years ago, Rebecca, God gave me this vision. When I started in ministry that I would be this rod of steel, concrete wrapped in a feather boa. And he said, I want you to be a soft place for people to land, but they're not going to collapse because you've got inner strength.
1: Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Well, I have just enjoyed this conversation so much. I could talk to you all day and I I am so excited to share you with all of my listeners. And I want to give you a second just to
0: share where can people find you connect with you after this conversation. Thank you, Rebecca. You can pop over to LJAllenCoaching.com, LJAllenCoaching.com. Actually, there's a free capacity um, dashboard where you can check your rubber band, check your capacity. I love it. um, And I'll send you a resource for that if you sign up there. But I would love if anybody's interested to just hear what does coaching really do in a woman's life? There's all kinds of answers at um, LJAllenCoaching.com. So thanks, Rebecca. Awesome.
1: Well, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for being my guest today.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: I hope you learned as much as I did from that conversation with Lisa Allen and go over to ljallencoaching.com if you want to check out some of those freebies that Lisa mentioned throughout the episode and or check out her coaching services. She is such a wealth of knowledge. I know I have learned so much from her and continue to. And so I just would love for us to support her. So again, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next Tuesday as we talk about the next chapter of Do The Thing gospel-centered goals, gumption, and grace for the go-getter girl. I'll talk to you then.